1: Welcome to this episode of Relevant Recovery Radio. My name is Heather Mosher. I'm representing Matthew's Help. Well, we are a 10-day detox in downtown Houston inside St. Joseph's Hospital. I'll give some more information if you or a loved one needs help with substance use disorder at the end of the show. Today we have a really... Um, serious episode. I'm not always serious, but uh, I really wanted to bring attention and awareness and education to this topic today. Um, It's a prevalent issue in the country, the world, and especially here in Houston, and it's human and sex trafficking. And so my guests on the show today are Amanda and Krista, and they're here with Unbound. Welcome. Thanks, Heather. Thanks for having us. So, Amanda, tell me, what is Unbound? Unbound is a nonprofit organization serving
0: victims of human trafficking in the Greater Houston area.
1: Okay, and and how did Unbound come to be? How was it created?
0: Unbound was created in twenty twelve. Um, it was a ministry out of Antioch Community Church in Waco, Texas. Okay, and um, when Antioch uh, planted a church in Houston, they decided that they needed to have this ministry alongside because of the human trafficking problem in Houston. Yeah,
1: it's really prevalent here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, what do y'all do, Krista? What Explain to me some of the things Unbound does for uh, victims of human and sex trafficking.
0: Yeah, so Unbound kind of has a three... A tiered approach to okay. fighting
1: trafficking in our area one
0: is through prevention and awareness mm-hmm. so we do education we do trainings and programs for youth and at-risk communities helping them see what trafficking is and what it looks like and how it happens so that they can be more aware and really know the signs and be able to avoid those situations we also train professionals in multiple capacities law enforcement, medical professionals, teachers and beyond to know what it might look like if a victim of trafficking were to cross their path, be in their clinic or their classroom, their courtroom or their school bus. How would you respond? Would you know what you're looking at? Would you be able to see beyond the exterior So we train professionals to identify and respond to victims of trafficking in their setting. And then we also provide advocacy for survivors. Unbound Houston runs a 24-7 crisis response line. And then we provide ongoing case management for survivors of trafficking in the Houston area. That's amazing.
1: Yeah. That's amazing. How long have you been with Unbound?
0: I started in 2015. Okay. Um, Yeah. So it's
1: been a while. Awesome. So my question for, let's say some of the listeners don't really know what that is. So what is someone that, what is sex trafficking? What is human trafficking? What's a good definition that's easy to understand? I I wish
0: there was just like a boom, we could get this done. Because <laughs> right. really human trafficking is probably the most complex crime on the face of yeah. the planet, right? Most crimes are like an equation. A plus will see. This isn't mine. I take it. I stole it. Right. You have one action done in one moment. You can see what happened. It's over. But human trafficking is a story. Right. And like every story, you're going to have different roles, different players playing those roles. And it happens over time. It doesn't happen in one moment. That's true. Yeah. So when you're trying to decide is this a case of trafficking or not, you're not looking at one instance. You're not looking at a couple of people. You're looking at this entire could be years of right. situations one after another. But really... A summed up definition of the the definition of human trafficking is um, the crime of inducing someone Mm -hmm. through these control methods called force, fraud and coercion to get that person to perform a work or a service or to engage in commercial sex. So really, human trafficking can kind of start out in various different ways. But we see someone looking to gain control over another person. Right. The law defines how you gain control by these kind of those three tactics I talked about, force, physical things, fraud, a lie, a false promise, mm-hmm. and then um, coercion, blackmail, mental, emotional, psychological manipulation. Yeah. So if, if any of those methods or a combination of those methods is used to gain control over a person, and then that person is induced to perform a work or a service for the benefit of someone else. And that is trafficking. That's trafficking. That's trafficking. Even if that work or service is commercial sex. Right, right. Yeah.
1: Do you find that that sex trafficking, human trafficking intermingles with the, the drug world, the substance use disorder? Do you think that that could be a level of coercion of what they you know, manipulate someone to keep them in the in the business. Absolutely. 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 How prevalent do you think, Amanda, how prevalent do you think that this is in Houston particularly? Human trafficking? Yeah. Um, it's been a long-term problem in Houston. It's pervasive. So it's um, not a new problem. This has been here a while. Yes, that's yeah. right. Yeah. And so when we're looking at this idea of coercion and manipulating people who's at risk who who is at risk of being trafficked traffickers prey on unmet needs unmet needs okay unmet needs so
0: obviously right there are people in our community in our city who are highly vulnerable because they have a lot of needs we're talking foster kids we're talking um those that are experiencing homelessness those that do have a substance use struggle right right? Mm -hmm. um but also think about that lonely teenager, right? That's right. just like I, I'm, I don't have any friends at school,
1: right.
0: or that kid who's like my, my parents are always fighting. So yeah, maybe both parents are in their home, but they're always busy, or they're working, or they're never paying attention to me.
1: Mm. So that that wide range of who's vulnerable, it's it's wide. It's wide, um, but. Do you find that men or teenage boys or or male boys could be just as likely to be trafficked as females?
0: Yes. yes. I'm so glad that you asked that because we have yeah. this idea, right, of these young girls and it's it's just not true. Right. Um, people are vulnerable and traffickers are preying on... Un- on these vulnerable people and so it could absolutely and it often is males and we um, especially males that come from a um, an unstable or an unsafe home life that's a really high risk category
1: and so let's say I'm a a school teacher or I'm working in a clinic uh, with uh, at risk you what are some clues? what are some clues that we should be looking for when you say you know uh, unmet needs at the home what kind of needs what kind of things
0: yeah some of those those vulnerabilities right like okay I see these needs in my kids, I need to be looking out for this, right? Um, One or or both parents missing in the home, um, experiencing homelessness, known substance use in the home, even if it's not by that individual, if it's by a parent, a a, a sibling, that makes a person much higher risk. Um, Financial need, financial crisis,
1: these are just different types of, you know situations that you could notice. That makes in a them more at risk. Good yeah. information. Don't go anywhere. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. You're listening to relevant recovery radio. Welcome back. You're listening to Relevant Recovery Radio. My name is Heather Mosher. My guests today are Amanda and Krista with Unbound, and we're talking about human and sex trafficking. Uh, so I'm glad you're here. I'm glad we're raising awareness to this very important, very prevalent issue. Um, so before we went to the break, we were talking about at-risk uh, teen or, or youth, and you were saying that there was – some some warning signs, some things, some clues that we could be looking for, like maybe a parent that has a substance use disorder or an absent parent in the home. Do you find that it's common that if um, that parents are involved in trafficking, does that happen? Is it prevalent? It's so hard to say is it, you know, common or prevalent. We
0: do know that it is happening. It is happening. 100%. And I just will say that, um, you know, historically when there is, you know, Generally speaking, we're talking about, it's called familial trafficking, right? So when trafficking is happening in the context of a family, so this is a family member trafficking or selling, exploiting, um, usually someone younger in the home. this can be because of a deep financial need. You know, there's right. a debt that needs to be paid off. Um, oftentimes it, it can be through addiction. And yeah. there's a supplier in the neighborhood who says, I will I will get you what you need, but at this cost. Mm-hmm. And it's at the cost of usually a child in the home. Right. Um, and it, it you know could be in the context of a gang or kind of more accepted in oh, community. Point. This happened to grandma. This happened to mom. Now it's happened to you. This is what the, the women in, in our family do. Mm-hmm. Um, And so a lot of it is just really wrapped up in identity um, as much as it is wrapped up in physical needs. And I I think it's important for us to recognize
1: that we're not going to see the end of trafficking until those needs are met. So what can someone do? Let's say there's a school teacher listening or let's say that there's a school counselor or or a dental hygienist or Mm -hmm. there's someone on their radar. What can they do? How could they help? How could they intervene?
0: Yes, it's going to be different in every situation. And so that's why we have these very different professional trainings. Um, but just in general, right, as we're looking at who is in our life, we want to ask those questions, who is vulnerable mm-hmm. and and be have our ears opened, right? When we hear situations to think, OK, I need to have trafficking on my radar. Right. Just that little step alone is massive because oftentimes we see these terrible situations and we think, oh, man, that's really sad. Yeah. But the or fact we that think it,
1: that that kid just has a behavioral problem yes. or, uh, you know, mm-hmm. and we dismiss mm-hmm. the surface level of how what the behavior is presenting versus why are they doing that why are they behaving that way what's going on at home yes
0: and i, I can talk too about like red flags that someone is being trafficked what okay. those signs look like but especially we're talking just about vulnerable people in general mm-hmm. noticing who is vulnerable that's step one right? right to be able to look at you and say okay i have extra eyes on you now because i see what's happening right. Um, and then from there being able to recognize those red flags of someone being exploited or in that process right what
1: are some of those red flags if if it- If I am because I work in a detox Mm -hmm. and I definitely have helped and and counsel a lot of women that are uh, getting sober Uh, and they're very vulnerable. When Mm -hmm. people even trying to get sober are vulnerable, going to halfway houses or or treatment somewhere else. And we've definitely come across a few issues like this and we Mm -hmm. try to get them resourced. Sometimes they just like need clothes. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Like like the need is like regular clothes Mm -hmm. and stuff. And, And so what are some red flags that we can help the public? Be aware of.
0: Absolutely. Um, I, I think acknowledging that substance use is 99.9% of the time involved in trafficking. Okay, It is how victims are recruited. Mm-hmm. Um, it's how they're groomed. It's part of how they're controlled. Um, it's part of what makes them stay. Right, Is maybe they weren't addicted, but now they are. Right. Or they were addicted and that was the exploited factor. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, I, I came to you for drugs. You offered them to me for free and then three weeks later gave me an itemized
1: list and yeah. said, you owe me for this much and right. this is how you're gonna pay it back. So you said an important word, the, the grooming part. Mm-hmm. Can you go into specifics on what grooming can look like? Yeah, yeah. I describe grooming like
0: the process of building a puppet, the marionette puppets oh, with the strings and the yeah. controls, right? Okay, so I first you've got the holes in the hands and feet. Those are the unmet needs. Okay. It's the basement of attachment theory, right? We we bond to the people that provide a need for us. That's right. why babies bond with their mothers. So that's what that's the like actual physiological component of humans that traffickers hijack. Okay. So they're looking for an unmet need. Whatever you need, I'm going to meet it for you. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to meet it in excess. Okay. So do you need love? I'm going to smother you with the love that you've always dreamed of. Do you want to be a part of a family, a community? Well, you're one of us now. If you have a dream that seems impossible, well, I know how to get you in and I can skip all the normal steps. So Mm. that movie, you don't have to audition. I can just make a phone call. You want to be a model? I can can get you connected. Um, So they're going to meet this need in excess. And there's this kind of euphoric period where it's like, this is what I've always wanted. Right. And so my initial connection to this trafficker, right, is not fear. It's not hatred. You didn't kidnap me. You didn't beat me up. It's love and trust, right? You are someone in my life. I love and trust. I have no reason to believe that you want to harm me.
1: Because if this person has gone through a significant period of their life, having unmet needs, and now all of a sudden these needs are coming to fruition and being mm. met. And all, I'm thinking stuff's finally getting good.
0: Yes. Yeah. I'm excited. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And so they're so blindsided, and then this relationship blindsided, Relationship, which was awesome, begins to change. They become manipulative, controlling, want to know where you are all the time, who you're talking to. They're limiting your other interactions with Mm. people. And sometimes it's framed in the context of love, right? Or protection. Yes, you can't trust them. I'm here for you. You can lean on me. Um, But it's it's kind of this idea of like this person wants to move you from your support system mm-hmm. completely uproot you and they want to be the only rug you're standing on. Right. Because when they're ready to pull that rug, it means you will come toppling down mm. and that's just, it's a slow and steady process. Um, and so for a person in that process, some things to be able to notice are wanting to be my everything. Right. That's actually not a loving thing to do. So that's a red flag. Right. Um, Asking for your trust without earning it, you know, yeah. taking up a huge spot in your life without having time to really prove who they are, right. talking negatively about friends and family and loved ones, mm-hmm. asking where you are all the time, you know, demanding things of you. Um, it can then kind of move into being told, hey, you owe me for the love I showed you, the gifts I bought you. Look
1: at all this I've done for you. Yes. Yes.
0: I need you to to show some loyalty to me. I need you to show some love for me. Mm. Um, and so those are just some kind of red flags a person can notice if they're in that situation. On the outside, right, From of, you know, friends maybe of this person, we can begin to notice, hey, this new person came into your life and all of a sudden you completely changed. Right. Your behavior changed. You started dressing differently, started talking differently. I can get offended and I can be like, well, whatever, you, your choice, <laughs> right. right? Or I can keep reaching out and say, hey, I'm, I'm just want to check in on you today. I love mm-hmm. you. I'm thinking about you. Are you okay? Right. Um, and knowing that that person may be like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm happy for the first time in my life. Get off my back, right? Right. right, right. But keep being there for them because it, when when, and if that rug does get pulled out... They're going to need you. They're going to need you. And it's really mm-hmm. important because what this trafficker is telling them, they don't know this person's a trafficker, right? right. What the trafficker is saying is you can't trust anybody else. You ditched your family. You ditched your friends. Mm-hmm. So you're going to come growling back to them. We'll find good luck with that. Right. So we have to be there and stable
1: friends to prove that trafficker. So there's wrong. like a high level of... Uh, manipulation and gaslighting inv- yes, involved yes. Uh, with this. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense.
0: Yeah, and then and then from there we see some of these harder level issues come out. That's where we see the violence mm. and those those strings that I was talking about earlier get strung from that point of need mm-hmm. to the control through a show of force or power. So as this relationship continues and that string continues to draw, finally that that trafficker kind of ties that final knot. By showing or de- demonstrating, hey, if you don't do what I say, there's a consequence. Mm. I have power over you. I have these pictures of you. You owe me money. I know where your family lives. I can hurt you. I've got a gun. So then all of a sudden, you see what this person is capable of, and it's bad. Yeah. And so now you're trapped between love and affection on one side and fear on mm. the other. And that is a very difficult place for anybody to get out of. Then, if you were to add substance addiction
1: on top of that, complicates it even more. Really hard. So if I am a loved one and I suspect my sister or uh, my aunt or my a good friend, um, should I ask them? Should I confront them? Should I what, – what kind of support? How should I approach it? What's a delicate or a loving or a um, uh, safe way to approach the conversation?
0: It really depends on your connection with them, right? Okay. And, and how how tightly you think they are wrapped up into this person. Okay, if you think that they're in a dangerous situation, like if I call them and they could get in trouble, mm-hmm. that's maybe a place to call the national trafficking hotline or let law enforcement know that you're concerned about this person. Got it. Um, but man, you know, again, keeping that connection. Hey,
1: I love you. I'm here so for that you. Way Thinking there, about you today, and they'll reach out when they're ready. Yeah, establish Got yourself it. as that safe person. Got it. Uh, You're listening to Relevant Recovery Radio. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after this quick break. Welcome back. You're listening to Relevant Recovery Radio. My name is Heather Mosier, and in the studio we have Krista and Amanda with Unbound Houston. We're talking about human trafficking, a serious topic today. So before the break, we were talking about how to be there for somebody that this may potentially be going on. They may be groomed. They may not be in a safe situation, but maybe not ready to see it or leave or do anything about it. And we're just going to continue to keep that connection there the support, the friendship is, is there and it's offered. What if they do come to you and say, I need help, uh, I need help? What, what services do victims of trafficking need? Yeah, it's it's a long road. Right. It's a
0: really long road um, because their their trust is broken, their idea of safety is broken. So um, what we love to see happen in kind of the ideal situation is that a um, – an advocate is called in, and so, like I mentioned earlier, Unbound Houston provides twenty-four-seven crisis response and then ongoing case management. So that means that twenty-four hours a day, seven days a week, we have an advocate on call. Okay. And so, let's say a, a victim is identified in a hospital situation, mm-hmm. right, where they get called in, and a nurse recognizes they've been trafficked and they can't they can't leave back to the with the person that dropped them off, right? right? Um, so then we get called in and we, let them, we look them in the eye and we say, hey, we are here for you. Mm-hmm. We are here to support you, to do our best to help you. What do you need? Mm-hmm. Are you okay? Are you hungry? Are you thirsty? Can I get you a blanket? Do you have your clothes with you? Right. Do they have your ID still? Like, so we're just there to assess needs, right? Mm-hmm. What's step one? Like, Let's get you to a stable place. Right. So from that place of instability, and again, everyone's journey is different. So this, someone may not be coming out of this life in full crisis mode. Maybe they have some stuff together. Okay, that's great. We'll start there. Right. So we're just going to meet you where you're at, wherever that's at. Oftentimes, this person is not completely ready to leave that life. Yeah, it takes a lot. um and it, it it's like it's learning. It's practice, right? To know I thought this was the only way I had to live. Right. This is what I was told. This is all that this is all you have. This is all that you're good for. So to relearn, that means you have to, to test out new things, test out a new way of
1: life, and then mess up. Right. And then fail and then go back. It's very similar as you're talking to getting sober. Yeah. Like my experience, of, I didn't you know just decide to get sober and then I did. Right. Uh, there was this long process of me learning um, what I was going to have to do to get where I wanted to be. Yes. And yeah. and difficult roads sometimes, easy roads at times. Uh, but I think that when you're faced with the situation, like what you're talking about, this person is thinking, well, if I tell them the truth, if I really tell them everything, everything has to change. Mm-hmm. I don't get to go back home. I don't get to yeah. do that to earn money anymore. Like the whole yes. can of worms is opened. Yes. And so from the sense of when I got sober, I was really hesitant to be honest and and, and say everything because I knew a lot was going to, have to change and that was scary yes so it's really great that you're approaching them from just we're just trying to meet needs and earn trust and earn that rapport because that's what I do when I'm helping people get sober yeah. is build that trust yeah. and rapport and so you will have all the this advocate do you have a like a warm line like a phone number for the advocacy uh, that you could give our listeners Yes,
0: it's 346-202-4299 is our 24-7 crisis response. Um, And and that really is our number for when you know that there is someone that's being trafficked that has a need. Um, But I will give you the National Human Trafficking Hotline. It's 888-373-7888. And that is the National Human Trafficking Hotline number. and tech, the the governor of Texas and the, and the governor's office child sex trafficking team mm-hmm. is working really hard to collaborate with the national hotline, um, to gather data, to collect stats, and to make sure that the the national hotline is constantly updated with mm-hmm. the local resources, resources around the state. Yeah. So you call that national number, and say, "Hey, I'm in." Amarillo. I'm in San Antonio. I'm in Brownsville. And they're going to be able to connect you with the resources in that area. Um, so that's the best number to call for sure. And that's a great number to call if you have a tip. About a suspicious place in your neighborhood, mm. a house, uh, you know, a business. If you have a question, if you're on the side of the road and you're like, I just saw an interaction, and I don't know what to do about that. Right. That to you call, and maybe they there's no actionable information. But let's say someone else calls, and someone and else then they help two or three, yes. and They're starting to
1: put the pieces together. Yeah. So one person could play a giant role in in helping rescue some some people that are being trafficked.
0: Yes, speaking out is always better than not saying anything silent. at all. The best thing it. I will say though, we don't want to confront the trafficker. <laughs> right? We don't want right. to confront the dangerous person or, or even the victim. You know, we hear so often about women on the street saying, you know, I wanted to ask for help so badly, but um, my pimp was around, was around the corner, right? you know, or you know, couldn't uh, say anything then. Right. Or yeah. a, another, you know, another victim in the family, as mm-hmm. they might call it, is down the street. Mm-hmm. And if, if I ask for help, if I then, then they could tell on me and then I could get in trouble. Mm-hmm. So it's always best if you suspect, if you're like on the street and you suspect someone is being, traf- being trafficked, it's a my, maybe not the best idea to approach them, but mm-hmm. to get as much information as you can about their surroundings, about what you see, and then call the hotline from there. Right. That way you don't get that person in extra trouble and right. harm.
1: Right. When it comes to the advocacy piece, like what laws exist today? What laws need to exist? Who is, who is penalized? What, what kind of crime can they be charged for? And what's the, the sentencing or the process of, yeah. of protecting?
0: Um, it's complicated. <laughs> we're working on it. Right. Uh, we have a lot. We have a lot to do. But generally speaking, the the law right now, as it stands, right, is that prostitution is still illegal. Okay. So if you are selling sex, that by law is illegal, unless you were in that situation because of force, fraud, or coercion. Okay. So if we can see through your story, someone lied to you, someone manipulated you, someone promised you something and then threatened you someone beat you you know there was violence around you someone used addiction against you mm-hmm. all those things now you're not a, a criminal guilty of prostitution you're a victim of human trafficking and we are here to help you but that distinction is is still working itself out in practice right. right but that's what that's our heart and Houston is doing a great job doing our best to push that forward most of our law enforcement in this area do not arrest anyone for selling sex anymore. Okay, Can't say that as a blanket statement but for the most part that's our goal. We're not going to arrest people. What we are going to do. For selling you said. Exactly. For selling. (laughs) Exactly. So there are penalties for buyers because buying is also illegal and we are turning the tides now to say hey if you are caught buying Mm -hmm. there is a high penalty for you and we're trying to increase that um, to show the severity of that that humans are not for sale and that we have to put the impetus on the buyers because the truth is that if no one were buying if there was no market no one would be sold no one would be sold no one would be sold um but the law also says that what constitutes trafficking like how do we decide if you are guilty or if you played a part in the trafficking of someone else so the law had these different um categories of actions we call it the action side of this law that basically says, if you play a part in the trafficking of someone else, you could potentially be convicted of human trafficking if you're found guilty. Like you're complacent
1: in it. Yeah, so, so
0: that uh-huh. means if you recruited. Okay. Just, I, didn't, I didn't do the buying and the selling. I just introduced you to the oh. person who would sell you. Um, I, didn't, I didn't buy or sell. I, didn't, I wasn't in control, but I let you stay in my home, not to help you out, but to help your trafficker out. Mm. Um, if you buy a person, if you sell a person, if you simply drive a victim... Down the street, across the country, to another country, to be sold, mm-hmm. you could be convicted of human trafficking. So what the law says basically is that if you play a part in the
1: trafficking of someone else,
0: you could be convicted of human trafficking. Got it.
1: Is there is there a greater pu- uh, punishment uh, if it goes across state lines or national lines or... There is. Yes, yes. Because anytime you're crossing state lines, you can involve some federal
0: law in some cases. Mm. Um, but also think about using cell phones and using technology. Right. Um, if, you're, if you've got multiple towers in multiple different states, that could also be used in uh. the case. So as law enforcement, um, they, I know that they're really trying to get creative about how to prosecute these cases and how to investigate. Um, because, again, it, it's tricky. Mm-hmm. And it, you don't just come out and write and say, I'm selling sex or I'm buying nope. sex. It's all in code. There's code. Yep. So the you know law enforcement officers have to work that out. Undercover All operations covered. can be sticky and, and or expensive. Right. Um. So it's it's a lot. But what we're trying to do culturally is to say, hey, if you are in the position to be using your body to get what you need, whether someone else is making you do that or life circumstances are making you do that, you probably need help right you don't you know you were in this situation because you needed to get a need met Mm -hmm. and you were doing the best you know how to do right and so we don't want to put that person in harm's way Mm -hmm. um obviously laws are still laws right but as a culture we're looking at going you know man for thousands of years this has happened right and we've said Oh, that's just who she is. That's just mm. what they want to do. That's just, you know, well, he's just doing what he, you know, whatever. We have all these judgments about right. this person and not really looking at them for who they are. The and whole stigma
1: attached to yes, the idea of who yeah, ends yes. up there.
0: And being willing to listen to the story that they have to share right. about what what got them there. Why did they end up there? Right. And being willing to validate the choices that they made for better or for worse. Right. To say, hey, no matter what you've done, you are a person and you deserve help you deserve to be valued
1: i think that's the ultimate cultural or humanity or or society piece to it is is to value human life Uh, this person Mm -hmm. no matter what background or what kind of childhood or what they've done um every human has value and a purpose and uh as long as someone feels like their only option is to use their body uh to get to meet their own needs i think that um we've got some work to do to help them. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. You're listening to Relevant Recovery Radio. Welcome back to Relevant Recovery Radio. I'm your host today, Heather Mosier. I'm representing Matthew's Help for a detox inside St. Joseph's Hospital downtown. Um, and my guests today are Amanda and Krista. We're talking about Unbound Organization and human and sex trafficking. Uh, very important topic. I really want the public to have a greater awareness. This is something that I had very minimal awareness or w- skill set to do when I first got sober. And and here in Houston, I've lived here for three years, and it's a big problem here in Houston. Mm-hmm. Why do you think it's so prolific here? Yeah. What what are some factors here? What big cities in general, I would imagine, have your population, but what have you noticed about Houston in particular?
0: Sure. Um, the, the root of the issue, which we mentioned earlier in the show, right, is demand. Mm-hmm. If no one were buying, right. no one would be sold. Historically, right, Houston is a port city, and historically port cities have been known for right. prostitution. So now we're looking at this whole issue and going, maybe you didn't sign up for this life. Maybe there's more to your, maybe you didn't decide that this is how mm-hmm. you wanted to get your needs met. Um, maybe there's need here. Maybe there's exploitation. Maybe people are taking advantage of you. Right. And maybe now we have language for it. This definition of trafficking that I was talking about is only 20 years old. Oh, this, the okay. law was written in the year 2000. So we're dealing with a 21 year old law. Right. To put language on a situation, on a crime, mm-hmm. on an injustice that right. has been happening for thousands of years. Right. We got a lot of back work to do. Right. Yeah. Um, but in general, right, we are we are a port city. Yeah. We are um, a, a wealthy city, but we're also a, a city with a lot of economic um, disparity or you know, differences. Dis- yeah. differences. Yeah. Differences, mm-hmm. right? We've got like a, a lots of wealthy people and a lot of people really struggling with poverty. Right. Um, There's a lot of workers coming in and out Um, our giant medical center, our big plants, oil and um, gas, oil and gas. I mean, it's huge. So anytime you have a lot of money coming in and out, um, workers coming in and out of a city, right, leaving their homes, Mm -hmm. it just increases the demand for commercial sex, right? And of course, but also for labor, and I don't want to ignore labor trafficking as well. We have a lot of issues with labor trafficking in Texas. Mm -hmm. Um, The the University of Texas estimates there are 234,000 victims of labor trafficking just in our state. And labor Um,
1: trafficking is people forced to perform labor against their will or choice, basically, right? Right.
0: Yes. They made a a promise. You're going to come have a job. You're going to get paid this much, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. We're going to put you in housing. They get here. And they are put in housing with 30 other people. Mm -hmm. They're charged, you know, $500 a week in rent Mm -hmm. um, with the 30 other people they're staying with. Um, They're transported to and from their job. They're not paid properly. And then if they want to leave, they're threatened Mm -hmm. with violence against their
1: families, deportation, reporting to police or whatever. So whether it's labor or sex or any form of human... This is modern day slavery. This is really a form of what this is.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I think it can be used in that way. We... I always want to be really cautious with that word and be really sensitive to what that means for different people right. groups. Um, but yeah, for us, what we're saying is like, you, you didn't sign up for this. Mm-hmm. And this is what ultimately this is, is someone else coming over and taking over your autonomy, right? deciding your future for you and using it for their own gain. And that is not okay.
1: I don't know if it's um, quite as uh, prolific or a problem here in Houston. You could speak on it, but I've read some articles about um, children being sold for like organ harvesting than that form of human trafficking in other countries is where I was reading about these articles. Does that happen here? Are y'all aware of any of that? I... I don't know of necessarily of organ trafficking. I've heard of organ trafficking
0: um, in other contexts. Yeah, um, I worked with refugees in Greece mm-hmm. several years ago, and that was a story we were hearing. Um, child soldiering is also another form of trafficking. Right. So globally, um, we're going to see trafficking look very different around the world. In Texas, the most common
1: forms that we see are
0: going to be labor and sex trafficking. Got it. Got it. Okay,
1: so if if someone is ready to get out and, and they call your number, and you get an advocate and, and all of that, what sort of other resources? How can the greater public be aware and, and help?
0: Yeah, it's it's a it's a long process, right? Because right. they're going to need housing usually. Mm-hmm. They need a safe place to stay. Sometimes they leave everything behind. So They need clothes. They mm-hmm. need a driver's license. Their birth certificate back. Um, mm-hmm. They need you know food or sh- you know all those basic needs. And then once we have the basic needs established. Um, Transportation is huge, right? Mm. Uh, public transportation is very difficult in this city. <laughs> right, unfamiliar. <laughs> we all need cars, so getting getting around the city, going, getting to a job interview. If they're even ready for that, they might need rehab, and they often do. Right. Um. So they need help with you know their substance use. Um. Some of them might have sentences that they're working through, things that mm. they were some induced stuff. to mm. do by their trafficker. That now they're having to pay the price for. Right. Um. So we kind of walk them through all of those systems. And that's the beauty of having an advocate is we're not attached to one location, to one aftercare program, to one system. We're here to walk you through all of these it. systems. Wow. So you have support in all these areas. Um, and that honestly is really expensive. Yeah. Um, and so we, we have a grant from, by the Office of the Governor, which we're very thankful for. Because y'all are a nonprofit too, right?
1: Mm-hmm, so, yeah. so Yeah. That's yeah. incredible.
0: So we, you know, our staff is funded, but all of these needs are things that we have to raise money for. Um, and uh, my teammate Amanda does a, an amazing job, <laughs> just building a community of supporters to say, "Hey, it, it takes it takes a community to yeah. rally around these individuals." And while we can't always, you know, for their own protection, have people interface with them, what you can do is give. Mm-hmm. What you can do is follow us on our social media and see what what's happening, see what our needs are, see what events are coming up. But man, people being educated, mm-hmm. knowing the signs, knowing what to look for, um, and just being. I, I it's so simple but don't underestimate the power of being a good friend don't right. underestimate the power of following of just listening to your gut if something feels off right. if you're having a conversation with someone in rehab and they've got tattoos and they're talking about their their boyfriend or their daddy or their family member and it just seems off right. you know asking those second level questions well tell me about that how did you get here whose name is that um, is this something that you wanted to do? Tell me about this. And just having an open and a calm demeanor, establishing yourself as a safe place, meeting needs in your community, mentor a kid. Oh my goodness. Wait, what? Mentor a mentor kid? Mentor a kid. That would be amazing. Right? Like just just that simple action of being a positive influence in someone's life. Yep. You don't know where that's going to land them. Right. Volunteering in different ways, providing physical needs in your community. If we can meet these physical needs before a trafficker does with their strings mm-hmm. and we meet them string free, I can't promise you that it's going to save them forever. I can't promise you that it will never happen, but we can lower the chances. We can reduce demand. And traffickers are thriving on unmet needs and isolation. So let's meet the needs. Let's be a good community. It's not going to solve the whole world, but I
1: guarantee you it'll make a big difference. <laughs> it would make a big difference. So yeah. if someone is listening and they work for a company or, or, or a school or a clinic or what kind of things can education or training can y'all come in and, and offer and do? Yeah, all of our trainings are free. Really? So okay. call us up.
0: Find us on our website, unboundhouston.org. We have loads of professional trainings. If we don't have one for industry I will make one. Okay. I will do research. I will figure it out. I will empower you. But you will c- come away knowing the signs and you will have steps and what to do. Um, so find us. We talk to students. We have multiple programs for students. We talk to teachers, school counselors, school nurses. Um, our medical training is certified to provide an hour of continuing education credits for nurses. Okay. Um, we're also... Um, covered by the the health and human services our our training is licensed. So if if you are a licensed medical provider and you have to have human trafficking training to renew your license, our you training is you. one of those pr- uh, wow. one of those approved trainings.
1: And I'm sure the level of your trauma informed care is is something so important because not everybody has that skill set to walk through those sort of situations from someone who's remembering things they wish they didn't remember.
0: Yes. Yeah. 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 So all of our advocates are highly 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 trained um And we make sure that our team
1: is supported and that they're taken care of so they can give the best care to Mm -hmm. the clients we work with. Because ultimately, we want to help the greater public understand the the warning signs, the red flags, Mm -hmm. things to what But more importantly, get ahead of the problem. Yes. Before the trafficker has the opportunity to, quote, meet those needs. We want to meet those needs as a community in a safe and a healthy and a loving way so that way they don't fall victim to the grooming. Mm -hmm. Yeah, That's amazing. So tell me again, the National Hotline, your website, your phone number. Let's make sure that our public can get a hold of you guys.
0: Yes. Okay, so the National Human Trafficking Hotline, 888-373-7888. And you can find us on Instagram and on Facebook, Unbound Houston, And um, our website, UnboundHouston.org, is where you'll find all of our information. You can request a training. You can get our hotline number,
1: ask for help. That's amazing. All that's there. We'd love to connect with you um, and just serve and support our community any way we can. Thank you so much, Kristen and Amanda from Unbound Houston being on the show today. You've been listening to Relevant Recovery Radio. If you or a loved one needs help with substance use or detox, you can give us a call at 844-263-4673. Thank you for listening.